This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX podcast on the Cycling Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by my co-host, Elisa Woods. How are you, Elisa? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Sunny. I'm cheerful. I'm happy. I'm warm. Yeah. It's <laughs> spring break, baby. Yes, it is. And it feels like spring. It does. It absolutely does. So shout out to the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, our sponsor for this podcast. I hope every last one of the professors and their students are taking some extravagant trip to somewhere beautiful and <laughs> amazing and wonderful because they've earned it. Or saving mostly, their money. I was just going to say, but mostly it's a bunch of college kids just staying in Ames and sleeping in and did enjoying ever, the sunshine here. Did you ever do anything when you were in college? Like, did you ever go anywhere for spring break? Um when I was at Iowa State, I worked in the athletic department. So this was a really busy time of year doing that kind of stuff. And I loved that part of it. And I never regretted not being able to take a true spring break. Yeah. So did you? I I only went one year, went to um, Wisconsin. So that was pretty <laughs> That's tropical. Like literally the opposite of <laughs> no, what you're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> it was so cold. But um, I was kind of the same way. Like I worked at the rec in college yeah. and I could get everybody's hours and I could work like 40 plus hours that making break. that money bags so, cash. Yeah. So I made enough to pay off college that, so I guess that it was good that I stayed back every spring yeah, break. There, there were things to life. do than that. <laughs> 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 but truly, I hope everyone, um, our IV friends and everyone else associated with Iowa State's enjoying and relaxing um, on their spring break. Also, a shout out to our friends at Cody uh, at the Mississippi River Distilling Company, the producers of Cody Road. Okay, so this is funny. My sister introduced me to a drink, uh, a cocktail that had grapefruit juice in it. And that's kind of been my kick the last couple of weeks. So was I was on Paloma? the Mississippi it was a Paloma. Okay. Yes. Um, but I was on the Mississippi river page, just kind of looking around what they're doing and their featured cocktail for the month of month of March also features grapefruit juice, oh, it's the Venetian Ruby. It's their, oh. their pilot river, sorry, the river pilot vodka, cranberry and grape juice, lime tonic bitters, and a lime slice to garnish. Nice. And it sounded delicious to me. Yeah. So sign me up. Yeah. I had a friend yeah. in town from Chicago and I was like going through all of the different ones that we had and we were tasting them all. And we got to the, um, all the Mississippi river ones you mean? Yeah. 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 Oh, good. And good. So we, and I had, I mean, I had like a couple other Iowa ones in there, yeah. but it's mostly the Mississippi river ones, but we got to the salted caramel and she was like, well, oh, wait, that stuff is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like she was like, the thing. We've entered spring and it, to me, salted caramel, their Irish cream is a wintry drink and it still tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. It's, it's, it's I was like, a there's a reason, one. there's a reason why it's almost gone. Yes. Yeah. It's a good one. If you haven't tried that one yet, do it, but otherwise get out to, uh, LeClaire and check out their featured drink of the month. All right, Elisa, 
we have officially entered March madness season and no surprise here. I am mad. Very, <laughs> very mad. Of I'm course. mad about the big 12 tourney, specifically yeah. the women's tournament and the officiating, um, and the officiating in women's basketball this season in general, I'm mad about the women's seating and I'm mad about the way the the men's team and the women's team have to play back to back on Friday. So I want to get to all of that. Um, but honestly, I think we're going to do a heavy women's basketball focus on the podcast tonight because the rest of the Cyclone Fanatic team, Chris, Brent, Jared, Scott, um, they've done a great job. Uh, they did their selection show last night. Um, Chris and Brent did their Sunday night pod. And then I think um, right now, or maybe earlier on Monday, Jared and Scott recorded another episode of Corner Three, breaking down Iowa State's matchup uh, against LSU in the men's tournament. But this just gives us an opportunity to continue to highlight the women. And I'm excited to do that. But before we jump there, I just want to say what we've been saying all along is holy hell, what a turnaround for the men's basketball team this year. They did not play well in the big 12 tournament. I mean, that was an ugly showing and I hope that we play well against LSU, but my goodness, what a turnaround. And I just think, um, I think it was this week last year when coach Otzelberger was hired. If you just really take a second and think about that, think about putting an entirely new staff together, then you piece together all of these transfers. I just, I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined this. And I'm so excited and whatever happens. And I don't, the, people will say, this is a cop-out. It's not whatever happens in the big, uh, sorry, in the NCAA tournament. Good for us. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think I'm it was it. Brockington who was quoted saying, and maybe George too was, was quoted saying that like some people came in and watched us practice before the yeah. season yes. and they said we were going to suck. Yes. And he said and, they were like TV personalities and they wouldn't give up their names. The, I know. the guys on the team wouldn't give up the names, but you're right. But he basically said, they basically said, you guys work hard, dot, 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 followed right. by nothing, which means like right. you guys are terrible. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I just, they have proved everybody wrong. Uh, we had no expectations whatsoever and here we are. So I love to those guys. I, do I, like, too. I keep going back to the beginning of the season where it was like, well, this could be a fluke, you know? Well, yeah. you yeah. know, and I, like he said, TV personalities, but I can think of some other local personalities that were really like down on that. Well, yeah. they want a couple games, but this isn't sustainable. Okay. Well, guess when they ran out of gas, like last week, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. yeah, they did run out of gas because yeah, it is a really tough way to play but it wasn't when you thought it was going to no, be. And they had no. their ups and downs. Of course, every team has their ups and downs. I mean, the number one team in the country has their ups and downs, but um, I don't know. I think that this was a, I think it was a fun year. It was a great was. year. I like, it I love these guys. And I think same. we were, I think we were into them from the start. Oh, absolutely. I do. Totally and I, agree with that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. We bought in early because they played hard and it was yeah. truly one of those, whatever happens, they understand the Iowa state way. They understand what it means to be gritty and blue collar and they did it. And yeah. you, you're right. We did buy in. And I right think away. that the way that they play in the tournament now is going to depend on how they recover. And maybe it was good for them to bow out a little bit early yeah. in the big 12 tournament. That's kind of what Iowa fans always say when <laughs> Iowa bows out early in the big 10 oh, have tournament. the tables have turned this year huh? <laughs> right um but and then they lose in the first right. round of the NCAA tournament so maybe maybe it's not gonna bode well for us but I mean maybe it will at this point in time like this is why the house always wins because yeah. there's no way to bet on these games. There's just no right. way to bet on these games. That's why a perfect bracket gets like a billion dollars because right. as it should, you're right. There's there's, we can analyze these and people do analyze these games until they're blue in the face and still America's going to get it wrong. So right. I'm excited to see them play at least one more time. Hopefully more than one more time. I love these guys. I, I like this team a lot. I think they're fun. And I think that they're, they're going to be remembered as oh, for sure that turned it around. Absolutely. You're totally right about that. And I just, um, this isn't a total aside, but I have to say it. If you guys aren't following Scott Christofferson on Twitter, you have to, he is absolutely hilarious and smart and he does wonderful analysis but his wit 
And he, I mean, he just joined Twitter after the, um, tournament, the non-conference tournament in Brooklyn, the, that NIT challenge or whatever it was. And he has gotten the hang of Twitter real fast and it's, it's worth the follow for sure. So shout out to Scotty like a pencil neck neck nerd or something like what does that even mean they called him a pencil neck he was an iowa fan a pencil probably never never played played basketball (laughs) and and then they deleted was great about it and you know it's just it's twitter can be a dark dark place but occasionally it's fun and that's one of the fun spots right now so go check them out twitter stresses me out right now i'm not gonna lie like i have not been on it very much i just i get it it's just my anxiety well, you got to do what's right for you right now. No. <laughs> All right, let's pivot to the women. We uh, will talk about the Big 12 tournament and some of the larger points about officiating after the break, but I want to dig into the NCAA tournament first. It's, this is our 20th NCAA tournament appearance in program history, the 13th appearance in the last 15 NCAA tournaments. We are so lucky. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where, you know, we know the Iowa State women's basketball team is a perennial uh, tournament uh, contender, but it's just, when you see those numbers, it's like, wow, we are so lucky. We take it for granted. I think, um, just how often we get in the tournament, but after a loss to Texas in the semifinals of the big 12 tournament, we fell to a three seed and we're now in the Greensboro region. We will play UT Arlington, uh, 14 seed at 9 PM on Friday. Tickets went on sale today. So get your butts there, pack your booties into Hilton Coliseum. It is a late tip. Um, and that's something that I, I said I was mad about, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about it. And then I'm curious. We, Elisa and I, have not talked about this yet, so I'm curious what her reaction to me is. Okay, so the men play at Friday at 6:20. The women play on Friday at 9 p.m. I am very, very grateful that the committees did not force us to overlap our games. Um, I was sincerely concerned about that, particularly given the amount of times we overlapped in the Big 12 conference uh, schedule, and. Saying all of that, being appreciative that they didn't overlap our games, I'm still frustrated by the fact that we play back to back. And I'm well aware that tournaments are a very heavy logistical undertaking. You have to coordinate with several sites, several TV networks. I understand all of that. But there are 24 schools out of the 68 that have had that had this year both men's teams and women's teams. The men's first round is Thursday, Thursday, Friday. The women's first round is Friday, Saturday. I just really think if someone sat down and did it, um, you could avoid those overlapping times or back-to-back times. And I think about like a tool I have in my Outlook calendar at work. It's a scheduling assistant and you can see everyone's calendars and it, you know, it's it's like different colors and it shows you if something overlaps and it just spits out times for you that are suggested. And maybe they have that tool already, but I just feel like they don't and they should. They should. I mean, they these should. are multi-million dollar nonprofits in air quotes. And I just, it's going to be, it's just kind of a logistical nightmare for fans because you're going to have the women's people who are going to the women's game, who are going to try to watch the men's game. I don't know at home and then rush to Ames or at a bar or restaurant names. And then you have the people who are going to the men's game in Milwaukee, trying to figure out a way to watch the women right before. And again, I'm thankful they don't directly overlap, but you're going to lose some fans just because of the way the game's set up. And I just, it just bums me out a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, And I just, I feel like it's something that could be handled better. I agree. I agree with everything that you're saying. (laughs) It's just one of those things where I know I'm, I know that I just need to shut my mouth and just be, be glad that it's not worse, but I I want better. I'm going to, and I'm, I just want better. That's the end of it. So I I'm going to take my girls on Friday, uh, pray for me that they can handle the nine o'clock tip, um, and figure out a way to watch the men before. And that, if it means I'm watching on my phone somewhere, then so be it. But I guess that's what it is, what it is. And we talked about this with like the softball team, like a nine o'clock tip. Are there, I mean, are there going to be a lot of men's games that start at nine o'clock? Maybe there are. I think there are in the first couple of rounds, but to your point, it always makes you wonder like, is this the best we can do? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I guess they're not playing at nine in the morning, but 11 though, you know, I don't know. It's and I get it. They have to smush it all into that. Um, but why do they, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a great point. Why do they, why do they, I don't like, know. 
wouldn't, wouldn't you want to spread it out a little bit more? Maybe we can stick some analysis in between the games well, and, and stuff like that. And you and like I that. always talked about how we thought it was strange that they overlapped the women's and men's tournaments the way yeah. they did anyway. So it's a, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll it's see. one of those things that's been around so long. It's probably never going to change. And if yeah. they tried to change it, everyone would be like, why are you changing my March Madness <laughs> weekend? You know? Yeah. So. I am dying to see what their, um, what their weight room looks like the women's <laughs> weight room. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that was such I a thing. Too. Yeah. That was such a thing. That's really what started this whole conversation a year ago yeah. was the, um, you know, the lack of equity between the tournaments. So, yep. you know, we finally can call it March madness. Yep. So there we go. There's a step forward. I love okay. It. Now that I'm over that first point, uh, let's talk about UT Arlington. Yeah. So that's Iowa state. Again, that's our first, uh, matchup Friday at 9 PM. So they play in the Sun Belt. They have a 20 and seven record overall. They were 11, four in the Sun Belt. They were in the number two seed in their conference tournament. And, uh, in the finals, they beat number one seeded Troy. And this is their first tournament appearance since 2007. So it's been a while. And, uh, during that game, they were a 13 seed against number four, Texas A&M, and they lost 58 to 50. So, you know, I don't, I, I think it's probably safe to say they're not a perennial powerhouse in the Sun Belt, but obviously they're in the tournament. So they're a talented team. They're led by Sun Belt player of the year, junior star Jacobs, which is a fantastic name for a basketball player. <laughs> she leads the team with 21 points, uh, six and a half rebounds, and she's shooting 54.7% from the floor. She had 28 points in each of their conference game, sorry, conference tournament games. So she clearly knows how to score. Um, but I went through and compared just to kind of give us a comparison between, you know, the, the type of numbers they put up and the type of numbers we put up, they average 70 points a game. We average about the same. Uh, we actually average about the same field goal percentage, but the key difference is we are significantly better three point shooters than they are, which is no surprise to anyone who's paid attention right. to Iowa state this year. We're almost a 40% three point shooting team and they're at 28%. So, okay. um, and the other advantage we have is that we are much more balanced scoring. Uh, you know, of course we're led by Ashley Jones, but then you can typically get a decent game from Lexi Donarski or Emily Ryan, where they're going to contribute. And so it's, oh, it tends to be those three scores in close proximity. Whereas with uh, UT Arlington star is their main score. And then it, there's a significant drop-off. So she's averaging 21 points a game. And then their next highest score is about 10 points a game. Okay. So if you can contain her, you're probably in good shape. And with the defensive, the big 12 defensive player of the year, uh, that makes me confident we can. And I guess another big point for us is that it doesn't appear like they have any dominant big girls, which we tend to struggle with. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. So, you know, Anytime you're a number three, sorry. Yeah. Number three seed, you're obviously going to be heavily favored. And I see nothing here that suggests to me, we should have any trouble, but you never want to overlook someone yeah. um, in the tournament, especially. So, so I, I heard, know. I heard a little, um, a little snippet that I know that we don't want to hear this because Do we it. have been on the other end of, um, of history on this, but the 14, 15 and 16, seeds in the women's tournaments are like one and 325, something like that. Yeah. And the one the was like Harvard beat Stanford in like 1998 or something like that. So I say that just to let you know that there's a chance, <laughs> Well, you know, and the, you're right. They're always, and if you're not paying attention to that, like shame on you. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I don't know if you've looked much forward to the next oh, game. Oh, yes, okay. I have. Okay. So how are you win. So how are you feeling about the Georgia against Dayton, Dayton DePaul. or DePaul? Um, I, uh, okay. To be completely honest with you. I have looked one more round ahead. Okay. So I've, because that's the sweet 16 potential yes. sweet 16 matchup against yes. Iowa. I have not dug into Georgia or Dayton DePaul a yeah. whole lot. Have you? Okay. I, so I was watching the show like right before we came down to okay. record where they were talking about it and they really didn't talk much about Georgia. So okay. it sounded like whomever they thought was going to win out of Dayton or DePaul, they thought that they would beat Georgia. 
Oh, so well, I, I, I am okay with that, frankly. That, it's a six eleven yeah, matchup. So yeah. I don't know how deep they got into that, yeah. but like both Dayton and DePaul have a lot of size. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I think that should they beat Georgia, it's not going to be like, oh, it's an easy team. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. I think that we're going in. It, it should we win? Uh, we're going in against us, or we should, and we should. We're going in against a six or an eleven seed that's very good. Okay, that's fair. That's good. And to I know. think they're all three of those teams are very good. So that's feel, what we're looking at before we really get ahead of ourselves yeah. and to look at that Iowa. Game. I want to talk about that potential matchup against Iowa, but I will say. Um, we, so let's assume that Georgia Dayton or DePaul, let's just assume they all have a couple of, uh, bigs down low that can, that can play. I, before the weekend, I would have been very nervous about that, um, because of how poorly we played against Texas and Baylor in the conference season. But after that matchup against Texas in the big 12 tournament, I feel much better. Yeah. We, we played very physical. Um, and, and we'll get to the the frustrating part about that physicality in a second, but I think we answered a lot of questions about, uh, whether we could ever figure out a way to match up against a team with some, some big girls down low. And so, you know, and, and they would have to replicate that. And I think that was probably one of the toughest, if definitely, I mean, it's not even close, definitely the toughest game they've played all year. Um, but I feel much better now. I still think that's going to be the Achilles heel of this team, but it's yeah. less of a concern now than it was a week ago. I'm, I, I would have loved to see them play in that, in that championship championship game, especially the way that the championship game went down. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, like I'm not mad that they didn't No. in a way as well. Like there's good sides to both and it's hard to say like, Oh, like there's, there's always a good side, you know, the losing there's still, there's still a plus to losing. It's, I mean, I I don't want to say that, like, I'm glad that they lost, but there are, there are some definite benefits to not having to have played Baylor right before this tournament started. And I watched that championship game. It was as e- it was equally physical. Right. Um, and you got to wonder how Iowa state comes out of a game, like back-to-back games like that. Yeah. I mean, potentially more than just bumps and bruises. Yeah. So there, that you're right. I, that was my thought. Uh, I would have loved to play for a big 12 tournament championship. There's no yeah. question. That was my, I mean, a million times out of a million, I would say, would say that, but if you got to go, um, to kind of give yourself an extra day to heal and avoid yeah. another physical matchup, I'm, I'm with you. I'm also very curious, like we have, and I'm sure that we're going to get into this after the break, but like, we have been very, um, critical of yeah. the big 12 refs. And I'm yes. very curious what refs we get. I know. Yeah. We I want, let's, this. let's save that for after the break. Okay. Cause I, we're on the same page okay. with this. Okay. Sounds good. Um, before we close this point, we mentioned the potential sweet 16 matchup against Iowa, the number two seed in that region. And I'm just going to be honest. I really hate it. <laughs> this is my second mad point of my March madness of our March madness episode of the night. Um, it's not because it's Iowa. Like you might think, um, it's just that I think we are, uh, both elite eight caliber teams. And obviously that's the case We're a two, three, two seed in a top three seed. But I have always understood that the committee tries to avoid matchups like this, um, until later. And I actually listened to Jamie Pollard on KXNL for a little bit. Um, now he was on the men's side, so I don't know if the women's committee has the same, um, considerations, I guess, but he mentioned you try to wait until sweet 16 matchups to have teams, um, play again, you know, if they played in the non-conference or if they played each other in the conference schedule. So I guess this would actually match up with the considerations that the men's committee used this year. But I just feel like I, we have two teams in the state of Iowa that are elite and talented enough to be in the elite eight. And for us to have a situation where we have this really, really intense Cyhawk matchup for that one spot in the elite eight just bums me out. And I know that's, we're putting the cart before the horse at this point, we have to win two games to get there. And so do they, but just looking at it from a pure, what should happen on paper standpoint, I mean, 
we'd be silly to not think about it a little bit. So I'm just, I'm just mad that it's going to be, if we get to that point, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be feisty. It's going, those teams do not like each other for obvious reasons. Um, and they're both so talented. It just sucks that we would have to see one of them go at that point, but that's the nature of the beast, I guess. And also that's the nature of being an Iowa state fan that you think everybody's against you. Yeah. And it it feels like everybody. And I'm not even, and I also kind of feel, I I feel the same way for Iowa, you know, having to match up. I I feel like we both got kind of gypped in this one. So I, you know, that's, uh, you're right though. I mean, that's, that tends to be our mindset Mm -hmm, going into mm -hmm. things, but in this case, it's equally applicable to that school at ease. But I just think that we like, we find a way to, at least I do this. Like I find a way to say, like, ugh, I wish it wouldn't have been like that to kind yeah. of ease the blow in yeah. case we lose. No, I do that. I'm sh- I think <laughs> the vast majority of Iowa State fans do that. And it's we just, have to. It's a survival yeah, mechanism. We've been kicked in our ovaries so many yes. times yes. that it's like we have to like prepare ourselves. Yeah. Before and, that happens. And part of it that bothered me, I think, is that you know, it this is the same scenario in the men's bracket as well. If Iowa state were to advance far enough, we would eventually match up against Iowa. And I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think we'll get that far, but you know, it's just like, we've, we've kind of always been told the committees try to avoid those things and we have it in the men's and the women's this year, Yeah, but you're right. It's probably just my, our perception more than anything. Yeah. And I will say from a, just a pure women's college basketball standpoint, that would, that game would get so much buzz. Yeah. So from a sports standpoint, it's fantastic yeah. from our fandom standpoint. It's like, damn it. But I know. Yeah. okay. I just had a random thought. Okay. So you know how this is a total tangent, but you That's know okay. how, like we never go on those. We lost so many preseason, like, like non-con games, the football team lost so oh, many. I was like the women's basketball no, 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 team no, no. didn't. <laughs> no, no, this yes. is a, this is a deep dive here. Okay. Right. Um, I'm so tracking. the football team lost so many that we thought maybe Matt Campbell, that was like his tactic was. Oh, his, in his ugly Septembers too. Yeah. And yeah. we thought maybe that was his tactic to then turn around and like play really well in conference <laughs> right? Um, games. What if... This is TJ's tactic to bow out early of the Big 12 tournament to then look forward to the NCAA tournament. I appreciate your thought. I really do. But there's no way that man would ever bow out early out of anything. That man is the most intense dude I've ever seen on the sidelines. He I doesn't think, want to lose any. I have right. a feeling he okay. beats his children in board games like and just like laughs in their faces. I was like, where is this going? <laughs> in board games. Oh, in, in board, board games. games. In board games. In board and then, games. You know, like guys. gets up in their grill and screams at them. Like, <laughs> be better. Yes, be better. Right. Okay. Okay. Just a thought. So your idea was stupid. <laughs> I mean, if they if they come out hot, girl, I'm gonna there be might all be over you on it. Twitter. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll deserve that. All right, let's all right. take a break and then talk about uh the things that made us mad about the Big 12 tournament. How's okay. that sound? Okay. Sounds great. All right. We're brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right. We're back before we get into our next little rant of the night. We want to give a shout out to our friend, Hope Wood. Uh, an attorney friend of ours who specializes in wills in a day. She has a will in a day program that literally lets you prepare a will in less than an hour. Like I said, in our last podcast, I just used her. I'm going to sign my documents this week. Elisa, you are my beneficiary. Congratulations. I love it. Um, (laughs) Can I come up with a tagline for her? Sure. Do you have it now? Yeah. Will you call hope? (laughs) You get it? The play on get the word it? will? Yeah. Will you call you will, her? And you will use the promotion fanatic for $50 off of her will in a day program. And her website is hopewoodjd.com. Again, that's hopewoodjd.com. Check her out. She's a good human being. I'm pumped all to right. get all your money. Thank you. Speaking. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm a real money bag. <laughs> um, speaking of good human beings, the big 12 women's basketball officials are not 
because they're the worst, the worst. Love that transition for you. you. Okay. I told you (laughs) before the tournament started that we needed two things to go well for us to have a shot against Texas. I told you we needed to shoot well. And I told you we needed to have the officials keep the game in check. We shot well, but the officials did not in any form, shape, or capacity keep that game in check. It was a shit show. Yeah, it Excuse was. my language, children. If you don't know what happened, slide on over to George Niang's Twitter, and he posted that video of, I, I won't spoil it, was, it for you, but. It's uh, it's one of our players getting WWE moves on her, basically. Yeah. yep. So all season in the big 12 teams with physical players, and I would argue in some cases, dirty players have gotten the benefit of the doubt. And then when teams that are not, yeah, that's a a boop, that's a boop teams that are not traditionally physical, like Iowa state, for example, will try to match it. And then they get called for the foul and exhibit a of this on Saturday, Saturday against Texas was Rory Harmon, who was riding Emily Ryan's hip on defense all night long. I mean, on her hip, hands on her hips, body on her hips. And then Emily extends an arm and gets called for the offensive foul. Was Emily's a foul? Yes. But was the defender riding her hip all night a foul too? Yes. And they don't call it. And exhibit B of this is Iowa State, who is a less physical team than Texas. There's no question about that. Gets called for 17 fouls in the second half and Texas got called for seven. There, if, I mean, I don't, I know I'm a fan. I know I'm biased and I recognize that bias, but any objective, uh, basketball fan watching that game looks at that and says, there's, there's no way women's basketball is becoming more physical and it's becoming more guard oriented. It was, you know, previously, if you had a big, a big down low, that was it. You're going to win. Um, and you kind of had to play hack a shack against her. But now it's more about guards like Emily Ryan or Caitlin Clark, Clark, who can shoot like Steph Curry, dribble like Steph Curry. And the officials have to catch up to that. We have to figure out how to give those guards the ability to move offensively. And we can't just let the bigs toss people around. And that game against Texas was the perfect example of what is wrong with officiating in women's college basketball, like perfect example. And Jared actually wrote a great column about this um, based on one of the quotes that coach Fennelly said after the game, he said, there is no, the movement in college basketball is dead. Um, and, And he's right. And it just was this really frustrating scenario where all game long, you have these, these ladies pushing and shoving and hip checking and body checking. And then Iowa state tries to catch up to that. And it's like the classic scenario of it's the second person, you know, one person engages with the punch. It's always the second person who gets punished for it because they're the ones who get caught. And that can't keep keep happening uh, because in those scenarios, it's always going to be the team like Baylor or Texas that prevails. And that's just not right. Um, it's, it's not right at all. So I'm just, I was really frustrated for the sake of women's basketball after that game, obviously really frustrated for our girls. Um, and they were right in it. They could have done it's I'm not, I'm not saying it was the officials fault that we lost. I'm not. Um, but I'm saying the officials absolutely had a part in that. Yeah. So I think that the way that I see women's basketball going is very much in the same like sort of trajectory as the NBA where, um, for a while there, it was a bigs game and then it moved to a guards game and then it kind of moved to like a, a flopping, like the James Harden, Chris Paul type of playing where there's no fun for anyone where, so, so say she's riding your pocket, then you rip the ball through force her to hit you in the arms and go up for a, you know, a shot that you're never going to control shot, out of control shot, the typical Chris Paul move, and you get rewarded for it. Um, you do the thing that James Harden did where, you know, they're right up on you as you're going to shoot a three while you kick your feet out and fall to the ground, then they get called on the foul. So, but then this year they've stopped doing that. They've stopped calling that James Harden is a little bit frustrated. He's not having as, as good of a season this year. Um, he's had to kind of adapt to that, but the NBA has, has sort of made their adjustments to it. And so while I'm frustrated with this, it's like, you, you guys have to open your eyes to 
to like the NBA, to the WNBA, to the men's game. Like you have to look outside of the women's game and you have to understand that the women's college game is a little bit behind everybody's game because it hasn't it's, been around as long. And, and it's just evolving. like, we talk, yeah. yeah. And it's evolving kind of in the same way that the WNBA is evolving. And the WNBA is looking at the NBA and saying like, let's learn from your mistakes. And I think that that's what the women's game the college women's game has to do. They have to learn from the NBA's mistakes or they're going to have these flops, you know, in, in even the men's game has said like, you know, we're not going to reward the flops. We haven't, we haven't gotten to the flops yet. Quite jazz, yet. Jazz Koontz was getting <laughs> right. There. No, no. The, the men's no. game has, the, oh, the, women, game has yeah. Yeah. the women have not gotten to the no, flops yet, but you're right. It's coming. If they it's don't coming. fix it. Yeah. 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 And it's, and if I'm, if I'm coach Fennelly this summer, that's what I work on is I work on drawing the foul. I work on those little things where if they're in your pocket, then this is how you draw a foul on them. Like I'm, if that's the way that this, that it's going, like, I feel like the women's game has missed their opportunity to move past without that little bump of the flops because it's coming. It could come next year. Honestly, like if, if I am coach friendly, that's what I'm doing this summer is that I am working on, not how to play as tough as everybody is playing, but, but to play the officiating truly. Yeah. 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 Play the yeah. officiating and, and to shine a light on getting her. And if you get thrown to the ground, you don't get up because you're tough. You lay there and you roll around and you make them stop play and you make them go back and see if it was a flagrant or see right. what was going on there. You, you force them to call those make those calls and that's like that's acting and no and-, and this is Elisa you bring up a perfect point and we've talked about this a lot but the a lot of times your players emulate the um behavior of the coaches mm-hmm. and I think a perfect example of this is the and I know I rag on Kim Mulkey a lot but look but <sighs> yeah. sincerely look at the way she acts and yep. she's extremely dramatic and so her players are And then they get call after call after call. And meanwhile, we have Bill Fenley, who is, I mean, he gets pissed and he gets animated occasionally, um, less so than, than in years past. Um, but he tends to be pretty stoic and so are our players measured. Yes. And so you get Lexi Donarski thrown to the ground, truly thrown to the ground. Right. And she gets up and first of all, side note that Jack Assery that goes on to not even notice that is insane to me. Right. Second that we've heard nothing about it since from the big 12 oh. from Texas, from anyone, I didn't expect it. I didn't no. expect it, but I I'm still frustrated by it. Yeah. But third, like she gets tossed to the ground, gets up because that's what Lexi Donarski does and yeah. keeps playing. Or you get, you know, Ashley Jones get tossed to the ground and she just gets up, doesn't say a word to the officials, just gets up and runs down to the other end of the floor. And that is a detriment. We get that, that becomes a detriment to us because we don't act it out. Like you said, and it's really like, I don't want our players to play like that. I don't, um, because I think it takes away from the game. I think people watch that stuff and they're like, I can't, I can't, it's not palatable whatever. But, um, I, but we, it becomes a detriment to us because we're playing, the, the game, not to the, the officials. And that just sucks. When I was in middle school, I I have no patience for officials. When I was in middle school, I threw a (laughs) ball at one (laughs) and I got thrown out of the game. I like literally 0% shocked by this. I, I can still remember what the, what the gym looked like. Yeah. I got thrown out of the game and I had to go sit in the lot. I was in middle school. I had to sit in the locker room by myself. Were you tweeting like Connor McCaffrey was? Should have, should have. I was a, I was a hothead in sports too. Yeah, but it's just yeah. <sighs> and also, um, in my softball, in my softball teams, like my just for fun, like this last summer, yeah. my goal oh, and my, yeah, no, no, my goal this last summer was to not get in a fight with, <laughs> with like these guys making $13 an hour and calling you almost games. did a couple of times. Oh, Let I, me just say I gotten a, I gotten a pissing match with that's one. our girl and Arnold 
came out to defend my honor and it was heated. I'm sad I didn't win to sit and I'm not even lying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not, I'm very competitive. Well, and the, the last thing I'll say about it, I, I, I am too, um, is I know that officiating is not an easy job and I am, right. and I know it's especially in high school and in youth sports, it's hard to come by right now. So I don't want to be the one that's constantly, you know, harping about the officials, but this is their job, right. um, in their, you know, their collegiate big 12 referees. Yeah. And this is becoming more of a big 12 problem than it is an officials problem because at yeah. some point the big 12 and women, and, and frankly, probably women's college basketball as a whole needs to say, have the conversation that we just had. Yeah. Um, so we, should we call them? Should we tell them? Yeah. Let's call Let's get them on the line. Do you think they, you think they jump onto the zoom with us right now? Yeah, I'm sure they would. No, I agree sure with you. Would. And I do want to say like it, I know that it's not easy to find no. officials and it, sucks and but it it's it's your job so do it right and we're talking about one of the highest levels of officials Mm -hmm. here we're not we're not talking about the t-ball official right (laughs) Right. we're not sitting in our little pods and our you know (laughs) five-year-olds are playing (laughs) soccer and we're yelling at the officials although that might happen at some point i don't know could happen could happen no i'm pretty chill at rose's t-ball games yeah, I've care. been pretty chill too. And frankly, yeah. like I'm, I recognize at that point that they're kids, you right? Know? Like I'm right. Yeah. We're not nuts. Right. I mean, we're maybe a little nuts, but not that um, nuts. I do have a question for you. At what age will you start to coach your kids? I'm actually going to coach Corey's t-ball team this wow. summer, yeah. but I'm doing it with a, um, with a dad of one of her friends. So we okay. have like, you know, some kind of a relationship with each yeah. other. So I at least know, um, I didn't ask her. I just decided to do it. And then I told her and she was like, what? What?" (laughs) So I'm, and she wasn't mad and I'm like very involved with her. So I don't think she was surprised at the same time, but I'm not sure she was totally sold on the idea. So I'm curious to see how this goes. So I don't like kids. (laughs) See, (laughs) See, then maybe you should go. So I'm looking at like 14. Yeah. Maybe when they like are actually athletic right. and know what the hell they're doing. I, I was this like, requires a lot of patience at right. age six. And I seven. was like one, I was like three credits away from a minor in coaching. Yeah. And I, I just need something that I can apply that knowledge to. Yes, you should, you should. I was zero credits away from a early, early education. education. <laughs> nature yeah i just have a soft spot for those little germ factories i don't know they're, i'll tell you they're what fine. i feel about it they're fine but then i get a little passive aggressive yeah and it's just not fair i get it you're really good with have, my kids for what it's worth you. you're very sweet they love I'm, you i'm only with them for a an hour or two. amount of time yeah i get that you're right you're right Okay, let's talk about our last mad March Madness mad point of the night. Also, I do right. love your kids. I should oh, thank you. Put that in there. I love your kids too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> should we just hug? I do. Here, here's the should we all just hug. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Buick has what I think is a really cool ad running right now. It's a just a black screen with audio in the background and then it has text on it. And so I think it's pretty striking. Um, but in the end, it notes that despite 40% of all athletes being women, they only received 10% of the media coverage for sports. And at the end, it says Buick is going to do what they can to help change that. Great. I thought it was wonderful. The first time I saw it, I literally stopped in my tracks and rewound it. And I was just very grateful that you have this big company doing something like that. Well, someone has to pee in the Cheerios because someone always pees in the Cheerios. And this time that peer was Darren Roval, uh, who is a sports business reporter. And I think he now does sports, um, sports betting stuff. Mm -hmm. But the problem is he has 2 million followers on Twitter. Right. And he tweeted, and I'm just going to read it. The spot by Buick is really weird. Women get less coverage because there's less madness, fewer upsets, and the bracket is predictable. That's all. It's not the same product. No, it's not the same product. I don't think anyone ever said it was the same product. It never will be because women's basketball is not the same game as men's basketball, but that's not a fault. 
And in fact, I would argue that last year, the women's tournament was a significantly better product than the men's tournament. And that's not just me saying that I can point to a lot of male talking heads, giant sports media personalities who said the same thing. But on top of that, why does different mean we shouldn't invest in it? That is my problem with this dumb comment. And in the last couple of years on this podcast, we have pointed to example after example of what happens when people invest in women's sports and particularly collegiate uh, women's sports. Viewership goes up. It went up last year at a time when all other sports, collegiate and professional viewership was going down. And on top of it all, why tweet this at all? Like period. It's not hurting you that Buick is throwing some money at women's sports. We're not taking money away from your precious men's sports. We're just trying to get more women uh, eyeballs on women's sports. It is truly just a shitty thing to say. And like I've said a million times before, you don't have to be a banner carrier for women's sports, but just get out of the way. And people like him are just insistent in standing in the way for the sake of standing in the way. And it made me so mad. And here is why I don't think that he even believes that. I do not think that somebody with 2 million followers believes everything that they tweet. They're tweeting things that they think will get a reaction. Yep. So he didn't, he's not posting this because it's something that he's really passionate about. He's posting it because he knows that there are people who are very passionate about it, who will disagree with him, who will retweet, who will quote tweet, who will respond, who will, you know, follow him to see what other outrageous things he has to say. He, he is posting a business post. I would venture to guess he scheduled that post. I would venture to guess he scheduled that post a couple days ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it goes up at a prime time for tweets. Yep. Yeah. I would venture to guess that he knows at what time his followers are most active on Twitter. And that is the time that he scheduled two days ago. I would almost venture to guess then maybe he didn't even schedule that and he didn't even write it. I would venture to guess that possibly he has a team that came up with that tweet that tweeted that tweet. And I would venture to guess that they're running analysis on that tweet to see who is responding to it, who is liking it, who is disliking it and how it is performing against other tweets that they have tweeted. He is a shock jock. Many yeah, people on Twitter, phrase, Elisa. many people on Twitter are shock jocks. And I will tell you who falls into this trap all the time. And it is Iowa state football fans. Yeah. They, yeah. someone like will Kirk Curb street is a perfect example. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that big of a name. Somebody <laughs> with, but I just mean, we hate <laughs> him. Right. Right. Because of one thing he said at one point in time, right. and I'm guilty of it too. I want right. to punch him in the face. Yeah, somebody, I'm not, I'm not innocent. somebody always gets online and says, okay, Brees Hall is actually not going to get taken in yeah. um, the NFL draft. And we all retweet, quote, yeah. tweet, yeah. respond. And it takes us three days to realize this person has two followers. <laughs> Any, anytime anyone posts anything about Matt Campbell going to another team, yeah, we quote tweet, we yeah. retweet, we respond, we follow. And then we realize this person started with two followers. It, it's just a random Twitter that some random person saw that Iowa State fans love to tweet about stuff. So this is what happened is that he saw that there is a huge supporting of women's basketball on Twitter. There are a lot of people, he saw that there is a community of people who are passionate about women's basketball and used that to get retweets. So it's- No, you're right. You're right. It's almost as if, he thinks the exact opposite because if he really did think nobody cares about women's basketball, then he would have posted something that he was expecting would get absolutely no response, which is not his business. His business as an influencer, he is an influencer on Twitter is to get retweets and quote, like 
it, it makes but what a gross no sense being influencer about and i i mean i'm not I, you, everything you just said is right, right. but it, what a gross thing right and i just i guess this is what makes me so sad about it is like <laughs> why yeah why yeah we're not and I understand, and there are people who listen to this podcast who come at us a lot about, you know, it's not you, when you have a um, finite amount of resources and you take resources away from one thing to give it to another, is that truly fair? And we could go down that rabbit hole and I have my arguments, they have their arguments, but that's not even what I'm talking about here. This is a random company who doesn't, it's not like a Buick's a large investor in, yeah. in college athletics. They're just putting some money, you know, and, and they, they want to try to make the viewership more equitable, right? Like what the hell that doesn't hurt you. And right. that is not my whole, uh, this gets me really fired up and mad. It this doesn't whole, hurt him, but he saw how it could benefit him. You're right. And he used that, that to benefit himself. You're right. You are right about every word of this, but that like, doesn't that make you feel gross? Oh yeah. There are Why? people who have, who have Twitters, tw Twitters, who have Twitter Twitters, accounts, yeah. Twitter profiles. Yeah. Just to say hateful things to other people. Like literally there are people who just get on social media to say horrible things to and like famous people. Can yeah. you imagine and being that no, type of person? No, I can't. And I can't being, I can't imagine being a person with 2 million followers who goes just for no reason. I mean, there is a reason clearly, right. like you just explained to me, but for, for no clear reason, right. just shits on women's sports. Right. I can't imagine being that person. And, and it's I hard. I can't like imagine being that person's mother. And I cannot imagine <laughs> being the mother of somebody who buys the company that makes, um, Oh, what are they? EpiPens. And then, oh, right. And then jacks up the price. Jacks up the price yeah. of it. No, right. There I, are, they're bad people who just want to make money on hurting other people and they don't care who they hurt because of yeah. it. They don't care. And, and this is the thing. It's like this weird, this is what I struggle with is do I go after that person and say something and respond? And, you know, it's like, no, it's not going to do a damn thing. Right. But the flip side of it is it makes me very, very angry that they just get to skate away with it. Right. And I don't, there's not a good solution to that. Right. And I'm not going to change someone's mind with my pack of Iowa state followers, right. you know, like, I love you guys, but you're yeah. not going to change. We're not going to convince some dude no. with 2 million followers. No. Social media. Just, I think, I think that you'll be much happier and I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking right. about like general people will be much happier if they realize that social media is never going to be a tool for changing people's no. minds. You know, it is ever. a tool for changing people's minds, sitting down in front of them and having an actual conversation, yes. but we don't do that anymore. And right. actually this is crazy over the weekend. I was with my parents and I had a really good conversation with my dad. And I think I changed his mind about something. And Whoa. after the, afterwards it was like, well, that was nice. And yeah. it wasn't, a, it was not an intense or heated conversation. We were just talking, Yeah. but people don't, people don't do that because you're the phrase you use. The shock jock is exactly yeah. what people do on Twitter. And it's yep. just such a bummer. And I just want to get to a point where dudes like this don't exist, but they always yeah. will. And unfortunately, this is kind of, you know, you've got the Scott Christopherson's of Twitter, which bring us joy and smiles and laughs. And then you have this side of Twitter, which yeah. is just the man, that's a real bummer yeah. side. And I don't know, I guess the best thing we can do is continue to support companies like Buick. And instead of engaging with that guy's tweet, tweet at Buick and say, what yeah. an amazing ad. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the best way we can go about it. Yeah, and, for and, sure continue having these discussions on the podcast, I guess. I also think like, this is just another, just random for your mental health, but like curating your social media. Oh yes. Not following yes. every person who follows you. Like, no, I know, I'm sorry. If you follow me to get a follow back, it, I, it might not happen. No. And if you, if there's an account that you don't like, or it triggers you block them or mute, right. you can mute them without them knowing that you're not seeing their right. stuff. You know, there's ways to um, not that I would ever do that to you guys. Oh, um, <laughs> I just muted somebody today, but truly there are ways to do it, to make it. And I, at this point, I'm basically like, I always say it is it. So yeah. it's kind of funny. How you can, works, I but. mean, you can mute words where yes. if, if a tweet is about 
a certain word, then it just doesn't even show up. Yes. I think I, I think I may have muted Kardashians at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like, and honestly, I don't even know. I don't remember why I was just like fed up with it. I don't care yeah, I about it. We are like, not keeping up with no. Kardashians here on this. I mean, podcast. sometimes I do. They're entertaining me. They're enter- they entertain me, but um, just there's just certain things that I when I get on social media and I see it, it bums me out and it swings yeah. me from feeling good and feeling hopeful and feeling motivated to feeling down and and yeah. sad and compassionate comparing myself and just like I can feel it I can feel it in my chest in my chest in my soul that it's affecting me yeah and then then you said you backed off as a result yeah the problem is people don't do that once they start to have those feelings I think that's the key for sure and I mean I run my business on Instagram so yeah to a point I have to be on Instagram no I don't have to but that's where I get kind of yeah I mean (laughs) honestly, that's where 85% of my clientele comes from. And the, and I would say 10% are friends. Yeah. So it's like, I I do have to be on there, but I I don't have to engage with people that I don't want to engage with. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. We know, (laughs) we know there are people who do not think that we are their cup of tea. Yeah. We know that. And that that's is okay. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. There are a lot of people out there who aren't my cup of tea. Exactly. And they're people, they're other people's favorites. So it's my, fine. My thing with, with women's sports specifically is don't be on the wrong side of history yes. here. If you don't want to pursue the enhancement or the popularity of women's sports, fine, yes. but just get out of the way yes. for the people who want to. And that's, I mean, yeah. if, if that is not, if you want to be a barrier, if you want to be a rock in the pathway, like I'm coming for you right. and I'm going to run you over because I, the, the, those people are ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, I just, those, that's the inexplicable part. Yeah. The yeah. popularity of soccer isn't going to take away from the popularity of basketball. So the popularity is- of women's basketball is not going to take away from the popularity of men's basketball. And guess what? If you don't play men's collegiate basketball, like, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I mean, the only it's thing a- that it would take away is possibly eyes when they're playing at the same time as you. And if you do not play men's collegiate basketball, then maybe just sit down and shut up. And on top of it, those sports, the college footballs of the world, men's basketballs of the world, they're not going away. They're no. not, they're always going to be the yes. powerhouses that they are. Yes. And this is, it's not, it's pie day. It's we're recording on three fourteen. it's pie day. So this is the scenario where this is not a pie like taking a bite of, we're not talking about a pie here. So, you know, like we're also not, not talking about politics here. Let's just make, no, 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 we are not. Oh, this is, it's not, but it's truly like by uh, putting more money on women's basketball, we are not taking a slice of the pie away from men's basketball. Right. That's what I'm talking about. And right. I understand there are scenarios where you have a finite pie. That is all you have. This right. is not one of them. And that's what pisses me off. And I think that what people don't understand is that the popularity of sports in general is growing as new kids are born, as kids <laughs> grow up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not just stagnant. And I think that the hobby of sport should be the collective thing that we push forward as opposed to taking our ball and going home with it. Right. Because I I think we've seen this and the, you know, what's a perfect example is what we talked about with officiating between the men's and the women's games earlier. If you, if they're all progressing, that's better for everyone because then you can take um, lessons from, you know, the men can take lessons from the women and vice versa. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, that really pissed me off and bummed me out. But I, you know, the, the bottom line is we're going to continue to be barrier carriers or banner carriers. And, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, if you're not get out of the way, cause we're coming. And I, I think that it didn't frustrate me because I understand the business of social media and I understood that 
you are, you are more accepting of the fact that people will do things like that for their business. Yeah. I, I struggle. I know this is a truth. I do. I have a hard time being okay with that. And that yeah. is a fault of mine. <laughs> it's a fault of mine. <laughs> Cause it's just one of the, it's, it's one of those things that is, and I yeah. can't change it, but I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's because you have such a pure heart and yeah, mine is something like that. Yours is black. Black. <laughs> that's what it is that's why we make such a good team it's as black as all the clothes I wear it's as cold as ice (laughs) all right can we be done we're done (laughs) we're done when we come back in a couple of weeks I hope we have some uh continuing runs in the tournament I hope so too I hope so I hope we have the runs (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be our new tagline through march (laughs) title of the podcast i hope we have the runs when jared asked me for a summary of this podcast and for the the website and twitter i'm gonna say just say we hope we have the runs (laughs) yeah on this on this week's podcast the ladies hope they have the runs (laughs) and we hope Oh gosh, we hope you can all enjoy the runs as well. <laughs> we do. Go Cyclones. Go State.